Transmitting from the lovely little city of Taylor, Texas, you are listening to Plow and Hose, a show dedicated to the joys and challenges of organic backyard gardening in Central Texas. I am your host, Julie Rydell. Welcome to the show. Hey there, garden friends, plant people. Thank you for joining me today. I don't know about you, but I am in much better spirit since we got this little cold front and some rain that came through. And thank goodness, because it has been such a long time since we had any rain. And those 100 degree days had just gotten relentless for me. This rain, um, we've gotten some decent rain. It's been wonderful. And it was it's been enough to just really take the edge off the harshness of August because personally, it's been a long, annoying, and difficult summer for me. And, you know, honestly, I've been down lately. I mean, lots going on, just really, really busy. Um, some unexpected things came up that were not great. I had bronchitis, a sinus infection that has taken three weeks to get over. I was on all kinds of medicine for that. I don't like taking medicine, um, but I did. Um, also, my second oldest graduated high school this year, and she decided to go to University of Arkansas for college, my alma mater. So we had to get her packed up and moved last week. It's been bittersweet, certainly excited for her. I remember when I went to school there, you know, her new adventures and knowing all the new things she's going to learn and the people that she's going to meet. And plus, Fayetteville, Arkansas is gorgeous. Like I said, I went to school there, so I know what I'm talking about. It is a special place, but oh my God. It is just so hard on my heart. I mean, she's been with us every day for 18 years. Um, I've been depressed about that. I got to get used to not having her around. I'm happy for her, but it's just not the same without having her around. I mean, the same thing happened when our oldest daughter went off to school. It took some time and it's going to take some time again. And we'll adjust to not seeing her all the time. Um, It was wonderful in Northwest Arkansas. Everything was still so green up there. And it was in the, you know, low 90s, which is kind of toasty for them. I loved it. It was great. One evening, it was um, cool. I think it got down to 80 And I thought that was a little on the chilly side, especially compared to what we've been having here in Central Texas. And then I came back to my dry, dead yard and my sad, thirsty garden and the awful, oppressive mid-August heat. But I just sighed. I pulled out the hose and started watering the beds again. 
I've only been home a week, but it's been a long one too. My younger two kids started back to school, so we've had to kind of get into that summer routine, not summer routine, back to school routine, and it's been um, challenging. And I'm adjusting to working from home as well. I've not done that before, but um, I get to stay home because now I have COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that, I mean, they say that we're all going to, um, to, to get, get it at some point, but you know, I work at a hospital. Um, I work at the one here in town, so I'm actually kind of surprised that I've not gotten it before. I swear I was like one of the last two people who work there that had not gotten it. So what does that make me like Taylor hospital COVID first runner up? At some point over the last month while I was moping around and numbly floating along day by day, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a picture of a little seedling popping up through the soil with a caption that said something like, did you know that soil is a natural antidepressant? And at the time I thought that was oddly specific, but I just kind of kept scrolling. And then I remembered it the other day, so... Um, I had a bit of energy apparently and it piqued my interest. So I decided to go look it up to see if there's anything to it. I know that I get a lot of enjoyment and relaxation from working in my garden and being around my plants. I like being outside and watching my garden grow. I love everything about it, but that's me. And that's anecdotal. That's not science. To say soil is a natural antidepressant, that sounds like there's some facts behind it, and I wanted to know what they were. So I started poking around the internet to see if I could find something to support this claim. I mean, I've been feeling down and kind of depressed lately. You know, when it comes to to this stuff, I like to explore my options. I'm stubborn about it sometimes, mainly because I prefer not to take medication. Also, I'm an, I am an organic gardener. This whole soil as a natural antidepressant sounds really great to this crazy plant lady. But I'm also kind of skeptical and cranky lately. I mean, if this were true, wouldn't Big Pharma be all over this? They'd be buying all the soil and then selling it right back to us. Well, when I started searching, um, the first page of results didn't have any links that I was really looking for. They were happy gardening related websites. I wanted something more tied to evidence, scientific evidence. After changing my search terms, I was pleasantly surprised to find exactly what I was looking for. An article from an academic institution reputable, and most important, easy to understand. This article that I found was published by the University of Colorado in Boulder. What I found out is it's not the dirt that has the potential to be a natural antidepressant. It's the biology in the soil. All right, so let me back up a little bit. People use the words dirt and soil 
interchangeably. I do, everyone does. We understand each other, but there is a difference. Dirt is made up of small particles of sand, silt, clay, rocks, pebbles. And dirt usually has other organic matter in it, but it's not enough to sustain an organized ecosystem with diverse microorganisms. So basically, dirt doesn't have enough nutrients for soil biology, so no worms, insects, fungi, or even smaller organisms like bacteria. Basically, dirt is dead. Soil now, on the other hand, contains nutrients to support soil biology. Soil contains minerals and nutrients from organic matter, and it's a complete self-sustaining ecosystem, and it's the perfect planting medium. Everything, insects, fungi, microorganism, plants, they all work together, and therefore, soil is alive. All right, so back to this idea. Soil is a natural antidepressant. It turns out it's not really the soil. It's a component in the soil that has antidepressant properties. Mycobacterium vasae lives in soil and has been identified and studied as a beneficial bacteria, one that has the potential to help lift your mood. Scientists all over the world have been looking at this bacteria for a while because of its potential impact on human health. Like 25 years ago or so, um, a researcher, Dr. Mary O'Brien, created a serum from Mycobacterium vasae, and she gave it to lung cancer patients. Um, she was hoping that it would boost their immune systems, but instead she noticed another effect. Her patients who received the serum felt happier and they had less pain compared to those in the control group who did not get the bacteria serum. Mycobacterium vasae lives in the soil where its job is to consume decaying plant material and it breaks down that plant material into rich compost. As it breaks down, it produces an odor and it smells earthy. Science, uh, scientists call this uh, jasmine. Jasmine smells just like fresh turned soil. It gives carrots and beets um, their earthy flavor, but also apparently inhaling it can lift your mood too. Studies have shown that myco, um, mycobacterium vasae increases serotonin in the prefrontal cortex. So if you know where that is, um, that's where it happens. Serotonin regulates the feelings of anxiety and depression. Increasing serotonin reduces those feelings associated with angst and sadness. So this information about soil bacteria having antidepressant qualities is just blows my mind. Um, I think it's really fascinating. Also, um, I also learned that the, some people in the scientific community um, also suspect that after all these years of hyper sanitation 
and overuse of antibiotics and and also paired with modern diets, it's really reduced the exposure to beneficial properties of bacteria that exist in our environment. So, you know, for years it was, all, you know, products were antibacterial this and that, and you got to have bleach wipes and special soap. And, you know, anytime you started feeling bad, you went to the doctor and got a prescription for antibiotics, whether you needed it or not. Um, and even our diets have changed. We don't eat like our grandparents or our great grandparents. They ate a lot more naturally fermented food. And those are full of probiotics. I just, um, I just think it's like really interesting and just fascinating and, you know, honestly, kind of validating. I mean, not, not in a smug way, um, but more of like a ha moment type there. Um, you know, like, yes, this is why I enjoy being outside in my garden so much. Uh, you know, I get to nurture my plants, my flowers, and it's beautiful out there. I'm also growing fresh food, but now I know there's also some good brain chemicals out there, and I think that's awesome. I think that is so cool. I personally get a lot of satisfaction from gardening and plants, and they don't even have to be outside or even my plants. For me, this whole gardening thing is synergistic. Garden therapy is synergistic for me. It's fresh air, the daylight, tending and cultivating all the quiet observations that I'm making out there. And then when things go right and I get lots of flowers and vegetables, and sometimes I get a lot of them, sharing the extra produce or the cut flowers also brings me joy. If you are looking for a natural and sustainable way to improve the soil in your garden without spending a fortune on expensive soil amendments, try planting a cover crop. Cover crops have been used in agriculture for thousands of years as a way to naturally and sustainably improve soil quality. Cover crops aren't just for large-scale farming. Backyard gardeners can plant cover crops too. Planted in the ground, in raised beds, and even in containers, cover crops keep soil bacteria healthy, add nutrients, and prevent erosion while attracting pollinators and other beneficial insects. True Leaf Market offers a great selection of cover crop seeds, including their best-selling all-purpose garden cover crop mix, which is really popular with backyard gardeners. Order online at trueleafmarket.com and be sure to use promo code PH15 to save 15% on cover crop seeds at trueleafmarket.com. You are listening to Plow and Hose on KBSR Black Sparrow Radio. If you are enjoying my show, I hope you will go over to blacksparrowmusicparlor.com and check out the station and learn all about the great shows and music coming out of our station broadcasting from Taylor, Texas. While you're out on the internet, be sure to stop by the Plano's Facebook page and like and share it with your gardening friends. Or head over to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the Plow and Hose podcast if you like the flexibility of being able to play pause and rewind my show whenever you want. Download some episodes and please leave a review. It's super quick. Just click on those stars. 
it helps others find the show. And it lets folks know that Planos is a good show. It's also really important for the show's statistics. All right. You know, with it being so hot and dry lately, not much has been blooming. Summertime in Central Texas is always tough, but there are a couple of wildflowers that are starting to make an appearance now that we are in the second half of August. Sunflowers and Ruelia. Sunflowers, of course, very familiar. Everyone knows what a sunflower is. Wild sunflowers, the common ones that pop up in the ditches, out along the sides of the roads, um, all of them, they bloom from midsummer through early fall. So for us here in Taylor, our part of Central Texas, we are expecting peak sunflower season September, and you'll see lots and lots of sunflowers now. You know, uh, I realize, just realized since moving to um, Texas, I associate sunflowers with back to school, um, but I also associate it with dove season. Um, sunflowers are annuals, plants that flower and set seed, then die all in one season. Annuals put out lots and lots of bo- blossoms and lots and lots of seeds. Sunflowers provide good cover for many species of wildlife, and lots of birds enjoy their seeds, including the doves. Doves flock to sunflowers, uh, not only for their food, but also the shelter they can provide. Sunflowers take a little bit of time to grow and bloom and set those seeds. You know, I live in town, um, and I am not a dove hunter, so or any sort of hunter, Um, I'm not sure if people do this around here, but some hunters will plant a field of sunflowers in the spring to attract the doves later in the fall, I guess, so they can shoot them. Um, Anyway, um, sunflowers really like it here in central Texas. They don't mind our heavy clay soil. And they seem pretty, 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 pretty indifferent to our dry conditions and lack of water that we have sometimes. Sunflowers produce tons of seeds, so they reseed and spread easily. They do appear to grow in masses. And of course, part of this is um, because they produce so many seeds and therefore lots of plants. But... Interestingly, they also have an aleopathic effect on other plants. Aleopathy is a biological phenomenon that takes place underground. It's when when one plant inhibits the growth of its neighboring plants. Not all plants do this, but some of them do, and they send out a chemical through their roots that poisons the other ones. Underground roots need space um, to grow and to function. Roots, the job of roots is um, to take in nutrients and waters. When certain plants, aleopathic plants like sunflowers, um, get stressed, usually by heat or drought stress, their roots start to compete for nutrients in water. These stressed out plants get into survival mode 
and they send out biochemicals through their roots to weaken the competition. This aleopathic skill is a survival skill, and it's part of the reason sunflowers have been able to adapt and grow really tall and grow in masses. Sunflowers, uh, you know, they might look all nice and wholesome, but just below the surface, they're stealing all the nutrients, which I think is pretty clever, but it's also pretty ruthless. Ruelia is the other flower I mentioned at, um, that is blooming right now. Ruelia is not as large or as showy as the sunflowers, but if you look carefully, they are blooming all over the place right now. Sometimes people call them Mexican petunias or wild petunias, but Ruelia are those um, flowers that have the sweet kind of purple trumpety looking flowers. There are five different varieties of Ruelia that grow in central Texas. They all look similar in shape and color. Um, the most common one that you'll see blooming right now is kind of like a nice medium purple. It's kind of dark lavender. There are other ones that bloom um, a lighter shade of lavender, even pale pink, and some are white. Some Ruelia are taller. Um, those get to be about three feet tall. And there is a dwarf variety too that is less than a foot tall. All Ruelias are extremely prolific because they really, really like it here in central Texas. Even though they are all really similar, two of them cannot be more different. <laughs> One is, and it's so extreme, one is on the Texas invasive list and all the way on the other side, one is a Texas superstar plant, one that has that designation and it's promoted by Texas A&M. That's crazy. the wild version of Ruelia that is what I'm seeing um, right now because it pops up everywhere. Um, it's coming up in my backyard and I see it here and there around town. Um, and I guess if, you know, if you're going to have kind of a weedy wild plant come up, um, this one is really kind of cute. <laughs> I like it. There is a house just down the street from me, and I'm kind of jealous. They have a whole, whole bunch of them in their front yard. It's like this carpet or a rug of purple flowers, and they haven't mowed them down. It, it looks amazing because we have like this sea of purple flowers in the middle of a dry, dormant, tan-colored looking yard. It's quite striking. I think it's really, really pretty. Wild Ruelia produces lots of seeds, and it also spreads by lateral roots that creep out from the main plant. 
it's on the Texas invasive list because it does produce lots of seeds, but also because it has an insane seed dispersal mechanism. When the seed capsule explodes, they can fling seeds up to 30 feet away. And in the right conditions, wild ruelia is very aggressive and it gets out of control. And that's why it's on the list because it, it displaces native plants and disturbs local ecosystems. And I kind of feel bad that I like it, but then again, there are options if you want to have some less aggressive ruralia in your flower beds. Dwarf Mexican petunia is a ruralia and it's a whole lot less crazy than the wild version. It's calmer. This is the one, dwarf Mexican petunia is the one that is designated as a Texas superstar plant. Texas Superstar Program was developed by Texas A&M AgriLife Research and Extension Services. It's the uh, test program. Um, what they do is they test plants really extensively for several years. And the most impressive and best performing plants get the designation of Texas Superstar. In the field trials, there are pretty much just planted in the ground and they get very little soil prep, no modification. They get average water, no pesticides, and only the best looking and toughest plants get to, get to be selected. And right now there are only 60 plants that are designated as Texas superstars. If you're interested in, um, Knowing what those are, just go over to their website, texassuperstar.com. Check those out. They're pretty good plants. Anyway, dwarf Mexican petunia is low growing and heat tolerant. Um, it's a perennial and it puts out a crazy amount of violet, pale pink, or white flowers. The bugs don't bother it at all. And thanks to those lateral roots, it quickly fills in a bed and it can be used as an ornamental ground cover that will bloom all through summer heat up until the frost. This dwarf Ruelia has long, narrow, kind of grass-like blade shaped leaves. They kind of form like a little mound. Um, it doesn't get more than a foot tall and it makes a nice plant for the front of your bed. It's not going to block the view of other plants. So save them for the front row. They are, they, it's Ruelia. It's going to spread. So, um, just remember taking into consideration that, and just know that you're going to have to divide them. Um, if they spread too much. All realias are popular sources of nectar for butterflies, hummingbirds, and other insects. So that one, might, the dwarf realia, might be a good choice for you. We finally got some rain this past week, um, and it was so great. And good news, we are also 
expecting to get some more through this upcoming week. I, for one, am really enjoying the lower temperatures, and I don't even mind the humidity. It's just lower temperatures and humidity. That's such a nice change from high, super high, 100-degree heat with no humidity. And it really makes me want to go out into my garden and get my new tomatoes transplanted. I'm not feeling too terrible right now, um, but I know that if I get out there and start doing too much, I'm going to wear out quickly. But COVID or not, I plan to get in my garden this weekend, tuck just some small plants in the ground. I want to transplant squash, cucumbers, and tomatoes because I want to take advantage of the upcoming rain. Plants really love rainwater because it doesn't have all the chemical purifiers that are added to city water. Um, you know, those help keep our water clean and safe. So they're they're not totally bad, but plants prefer rainwater because it doesn't have those chemicals in it. And rainwater doesn't have all the salts or minerals and possible agricultural chemicals that can be found in well water. Rainwater is perfect for new baby seedlings, um, but also older established ones love the rain too. Over the past couple of days here in Taylor, uh, we only got like less than an inch of rain, uh, so not a ton. We, I saw one model that said that we could expect up to seven inches of rain in our area. Well, I'll see that. Uh, when I see that, I'll believe that. Mm, I don't know. This is actually the fifth driest summer on record. And it's kind of bad thanks to the abnormally low rainfall for the year. But if we are lucky, we will get a little bit more rain this week to help out with our fall gardens. Now, the only downside about getting rain um, after an extended drought period like we've had is that our heavy clay soil expands and shrinks dramatically with water fluctuations. When it gets saturated, it swells up. When it dries out, it compresses. Nature is pretty good about making things right, but that doesn't always match up with uh, the work week. It doesn't match up with human timing. So if you were planning, if you are planning to do a major overhaul of your garden, you might want to wait until the soil dries out a little bit if we do end up getting seven inches of rain. Um, Because if you work the soil while it's wet, you really run the risk of compacting your soil and making it worse than before. Compacted soil is bad news, especially with our heavy black clay soil that we have here in Taylor. What happens is you start turning the soil and the soil particles get closer and closer together. And then those wet clay particles compress and it pushes out all the air. And when it dries out, all you have is lumpy hard soil, which is exactly what we do not want. We do not want compacted soil. Plants need lightweight soil, so um, 
they can have that for their roots and their root system can continue to grow. And if you're putting in new plants, um, those baby roots need lightweight soil so they can get established. Also, all those amazing soil microbes and critters that work so hard to turn decaying material into plant nutrients, they also need air and oxygen to survive. And they can't do it if they're squished and they have no oxygen. They can't work if they're dead. So resist the temptation to go out into your garden and doing a major job like tilling up the ground. Tugging in a plant or two, you'll be okay. But like, if you're like going to go out there and really do a major job, just wait. I mean, wet soil is awesome. And these temperatures make it really enticing. Don't do it. You don't want to make the soil worse off than it was. If you can't stand it and you want to do something out in your nice moist garden, go out there and pull weeds. It's so easy to do. You know, just get out with that moist soil. It makes it so much easier to weed. You can also put down a little bit of compost or some more mulch. Um, that's going to help retain that moisture just a little longer. You know, it's still August, so you know we are not done with the heat just yet. Well, guys, thank you for joining me again this time. Keep your fingers crossed that we do get some nice rain and offset some of this drought. I hope y'all have a really nice time. Get out there, get some garden therapy. Production assistance provided by KBSR, Black Sparrow Radio. Original music created by Alex Cuervo. Discover more of his music at alexcuervo.tv. If you love plants and gardening in Central Texas, be sure to click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and never miss seasonal information on Plow and Hose. Plow and Hose is written and recorded at my home in Taylor, Texas. Thank you.